So I'm sure that you have all heard the term DE&I, but you might not entirely know what it means or what it entails. Well, this week's episode of PR Hangover, I'm joined with Mr. Joseph Takioka, who is the Senior Vice President of Learning and Development at Edelman. He's also an adjunct professor for the School of Communications at DePaul University, and he's very passionate about DEI and advocating for individuals through raising awareness. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about DEI or what it looks like to work at Edelman, then this episode is for you. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Mr. Joseph Takio. Joseph, welcome to PR Hangover. I am looking forward to having a conversation with you and kind of adding on to what we discussed during the panel. It is really incredible to be here in the Edelman office. I never thought that I'd have the opportunity to personally have a tour of Edelman and see everything that the Chicago office has. So thank you. Absolutely. So as an Asian American, how would you describe your experience starting out in an industry at a time where it was not so diverse? And how would you describe your journey in a college to corporate America and finally then joining Edelman? Yeah, great question. So, you know, for me, it, I didn't even know that PR was a career path I could take, right? I just, I had no idea. I had no idea what it was about. Um, and then to your point, when I got to Chicago, I didn't really know any Asian Americans or AAPIs in the industry. And so, it, honestly, it hasn't been until just recently that I started meeting people like Bill Amata, uh, Patrice Tanaka, and others, Bill Anoda, um, who I just again, I didn't know uh, existed out there. And so I've been grateful for their mentorship and their examples. Uh, but for me, it was just a matter of finding my own space and timing and experiences and creating my own path. And that's hard to do, um, but I felt pretty lucky. I think also for me, I had kind of suppressed my Asian American upbringing a little bit and like those experiences. And so for me, it was a, a matter of now I'm starting to embrace it a lot more. I think we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. It's just that embracing. And so now finding those mentors and individuals who are senior and have had experiences here in the industry that bring that to the table is so nice for me, right? It's so helpful for me. And I can look to them and ask them questions. But that's been really great. Uh, I, I studied PR. Going to your second part of that question, I studied PR in school at Brigham Young University. I graduated and I took an unpaid internship. I took, an unpaid, <laughs> I took an unpaid internship um, in Chicago. I'd never visited the city before. Wow. So I like had two bags. I flew out here. Uh, I did a basically like a three-month unpaid internship at Ruder Finn. Uh, at like a week before my internship ended, they offered me a job. Like six days before I got on a, a plane to go home. Oh, my goodness. So I got the job offer. I quickly went out found an apartment. Flew homes, went home for two weeks, and came back out here with two more bags, <laughs> and <clears throat> basically like shipped myself a box of po- uh, of pots and pans. Um, <laughs> and I started out here, and I, I worked at Ruder Finn for four and a half years almost, and then I moved over to Burson Marsteller, which is now Burson Conan Wolf, and I worked there for a little over a year, and that's when uh, my my the bot the individual who hired me reached out and said like, hey, I see your profile on LinkedIn. We're looking to build a tech team at Edelman in Chicago. Would you be willing to come over? So I had conversations and uh, made the leap. And in the 10 years that I've been at Edelman, I've worked on the B2B tech side, so working on accounts with uh, clients. And then I've shifted over to talent acquisition and then being an HR business partner. And now for the last two years, I've worked on the global learning and development team. So my focus now is on training our employees, managers, and leaders and helping them. 
That is really that is really interesting. It's just how you are able to see all of those different sectors and have those transferable skills that really builds to know how that those certain groups can work together for your current role. So that is yeah. really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I know that we talked briefly about this about how as an Asian American kind of in a not so diverse area, it can be hard to really want to embrace who you are and that sort of thing. How would you say that you go about bringing that kind of energy to really embrace who people are, um, things that make them unique? How would you, how would you, um, how would you motivate them or kind of show them how to embrace that? Oh, Olivia, this is a good question. So <clears throat> I think as I, I, I prefaced before, I, I had for so long kind of suppressed my upbringing, not realized how having a Japanese American mother and a Japanese American father, I'm a fourth generation Japanese American. I had no idea how much the, the upbringing and the way I was raised influences the way I think and influences like how I operate. Even to the point where I oftentimes uh, am play more of a servitude role when I'm with a senior person. If a senior person is there, I, I always like back away and let them take the lead, <clears throat> which in business is not ideal, right? Like they're looking for, to me to also like lean in and take the lead. So I've had to like grapple with that and learn that. So what I would tell students or other individuals who are looking at like, how do you be your authentic self and lean into that is to embrace the journey. Everybody's on a different path in, in a different part of their journey. Uh, on, a, on their own identification and who they are and your upbringing. But embracing your identity, embracing your authentic self, I think is the most important thing we can do because the more you can be comfortable in your own skin, which I really, you know, we're we're turn our phrase, but the more you can be comfortable with who you are, the better you can do and be at accepting pieces of yourself, but also creating an environment that is open and like, inclusive of others and i think that's the other thing is so for yourself you have to embrace your own journey with others you have to create a space where they can do the same thing right and where you can be inclusive and making sure that everybody feels like they belong and to me that's the most important that's what i'm focusing on now is like how do we create a place that just everybody feels like they can walk in the doors and like see themselves here at edelman regardless of race upbringing gender identity whatever it may be right like anything like that we want to make sure that people feel welcome here and that they can really create their own home here at Edelman. Absolutely. That is a really important part for not only that, but also bringing those, that creativity for people to speak out and the, embracing those different areas and different experiences. So mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then um, I know that you've held various degrees of talent acquisition roles at Edelman in the past. I know we touched a little bit on this, but how would you, how have you seen the hiring process adapt or change over the years, especially pertaining to the diversification workforce in the communications industry? Great. I, I love this, this topic. And so for me, um, technology plays a deeper role, right? Like, I, and I don't, I don't know that we talked about this last time, but LinkedIn, making sure your LinkedIn profiles active updated has the right information like if you're looking to do pr communications making sure you you look at what job descriptions are out there and seeing which which words keywords skill sets that you have making sure they're reflective in your um bio in your linkedin profile in in the in your body of work from a resume i think being able to share you know your upbringing is also important because through linkedin you can look up is 
different demographics of people, right? As well as skill sets. So having that information on there is really helpful. Uh, organizations are looking to diversify their, their population by race. If we're just looking at race alone, they're definitely looking to do that even by gender. Um, so being able to just showcase who you are um, and make it searchable and easy to find is important. And LinkedIn is one of the best tools that you can use uh, for that. But it has definitely changed. There's a continual focus on making sure that we're hiring diverse talent. Richard Edelman talks about it all the time and the importance of having diverse talent that feels like they are they belong at Edelman, but also have seats at the table, right? And even when we're thinking about women in leadership, Richard has put a big focus on making sure that 50% plus of our senior women leaders um, or our senior leadership are women, which is cool, yeah. right? And I think the last stat that I heard from end of last year was like 63% of our senior leaders are women or something along the lines. Don't quote me on that, but wow. again, that's really cool, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's, that's important. Amazing. That is important, especially, yeah, having those different areas and bringing that all together. It's yeah. really important. And then... Um, I know as a Gen Zer, we we look for not just job security, but a workplace that values and accepts who we are as individuals outside of work. How do you recommend we navigate our job search process to find a company that matches our core values? Uh, I I think one of the things that you can think about is what are the values and the mission of the organization you're looking into, and do they align? Right. Uh, what brands do you naturally align with and have an affinity towards? I love Target. I think we talked about this before. <laughs> I love Target. I love that they focus on inclusion. Their ads are inclusive. The, the clothing that they have, the things that they do, starting it from young children up is incredibly inclusive. So to me, uh, you know, looking at an organization like Target is important. Their values align with my personal values. We just walked through the Edelman Museum and the first thing you see are the values of Edelman, our four values. So looking to see again, one, do the values align with your own values? Two, getting a sense of the culture, doing office visits, doing informal interviews, uh, or informational interviews with, with employees, or even doing internships. I think internships are helpful too. One, it gives you experience, but two, you go in and you get to experience the culture and understand, is this really the right fit for me before you and the organization commit to buy, right? Essentially, right? You can verify like, all right, these are your values, but do people live them? Yes or no? Or wow, they really do, and this is what the experience is like, I wanna be involved, or it's not a fit for me, no harm, no foul, I've learned a lot, I can go try something else. So that's why I, I personally think internships are so important. Absolutely. And then I know that we're all looking for internships, especially in our field. And it can be really hard when some people don't have that initial experience. Mm -hmm. What kind of things would you give those people who are looking and they're constantly applying on LinkedIn and then they just can never land that one, that starter? You know, if you're struggling to find, let, let's just go with the, if you're struggling to find an internship experience to build up your resume. LinkedIn's a tough place to be looking for jobs or like job boards, right? Uh, I will say you could go to, if you're in college, Handshake, right? I think mm -hmm. that's really good. And there's a lot of organizations and companies that go directly to Handshake. So that's a really good opportunity. But I would also say, look for a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Something you're passionate about, something that aligns again with your values, your experience. Maybe you're already volunteering with, with the organization and you can say like, look, I am looking to get some practical experience around communications, PR, marketing, right? Uh, do you, are there opportunities for me that I could volunteer my time that we could count as an internship where I could you know, learn skill sets and help the organization? Um, that's how I did some of my first internships is I just asked local nonprofits that, that needed help. And uh, I created 
different things for them. One was one was the Food and Care Coalition, and they were feeding the homeless, and they were looking to raise money because they wanted to build a new building where they'd have dentists come in and employers and things like that. So I did their entire branding handbook, and never done that before, but worked with my mentor and created that. I also worked for the boys, or volunteered and interned with the Boys and Girls Club, and uh, created content and wrote press releases for them that they put up on the website. The best part about working with a local nonprofit that's small is that usually they'll use the content or things that you create, which was really nice. And I got to point back to that and say like, well, yeah, yeah, you wanna see a writing sample. Here's the press release that I wrote and we used at the Boys and Girls Club regarding an event. Um, I also would say, and the tidbit that I give many students and young professionals is remember, when you're in an interview, think about situation, action, result. Whenever, the way you're positioning it on your resume, the way you're positioning it on your LinkedIn profile, and the way you have conversations during interviews, if somebody asks you a question, think, here was the situation, here's the action I took, and here's the result that I was able to achieve. That is so important to showing impact, which opens up more doors for you as an individual to get internships. Absolutely. I know that when you, we have that clear-cut, concise kind of, this is, you know, like you mentioned, um, it just, it kind of explains things a lot better in that sense. So yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And then... Um, I guess one question I really like to um, one question I really like to ask is what is one thing that you wish you would have learned as a student studying communications that you still carry forward and teach current students as well as in your role as an adjunct professor? Huh. <clears throat> so many things. You know, the one I've been leaning into the most lately is actually be kind. The more kindness you put out into the world, the more it comes back to you. Um, if you were to go out there and ask anybody at Edelman, like, hey, what's Joseph Tatiopa's brand? They would most likely tell you fun, energetic, and kind, right? <clears throat> Inclusive, like that's my brand. And I feel like that opens up more doors for me than anything else, right? Just being open and, and, and having good energy and putting that out in the world. There's, there, there's so many people who just suck energy versus putting it out, right? They just are kind of like black holes of energy and they try to take everything negative and pessimistic. I have found that being positive adds a lot, right? It adds a lot to the room, creativity. It adds a lot to in engagements and relationships you're making. Um, and I like just the other day, we had a very senior leader come to Edelman. Uh, she leads our food and beverage practice. And I walked up to her and I said, hey, I just wanted to introduce myself in person. This is my name. I knew she couldn't wouldn't remember me, but I, I said my name and she was like, yes, I remember you. Okay, as I said my name and put the face with the name, she remembered me because when we worked together, I was just so positive and I was so helpful. And when you're positive, you're kind, and you're willing to roll up your sleeves and just do the work and create learning opportunities for yourself, those are memorable things about people. They just, it's always memorable. So I teach my students that, I coach that a lot. Uh, I work on it myself as well on a regular basis. Absolutely, I know that people always remember how you treat them. Yes. So that's really important. Absolutely, they don't, they don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel and how you treat them, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then what would you say for people who maybe are a little timid or shy to step out of their comfort zone to make those learning opportunities? What kind of things would you say that they should work on to practice those skills? I mean, I think you said it, practice the skill, okay. right? Like you nailed it, <laughs> yes, Olivia. Yes. Uh, Go into opportunities, go to networking events. That's the scariest as a student, mm -hmm. right? Going to a networking event, even if it's a bunch of students, it's scary. Yeah. Now you add in professionals and it's just terrifying, right? <laughs> but just putting yourselves in situations and putting yourself out there and just 
trying to have a conversation and practice what's your elevator speech, right? What is that pitch that you're, you're giving to people? How do you just practice introducing yourself? Also, I struggle in our new environment where I never know, are we handshaking? Are we like high-fiving? Are we fist bumping? <laughs> yeah. Are we just like not doing any of those things? And it's really hard. So even for me, that's what I'm practicing is like reading the cues of other people and making sure I feel comfortable. I'm a hugger, right? I have no problem hugging people. But when I first meet people, I'm also a handshaker. But so many people don't want to do either right now. So just, again, it's something I'm learning. So it's just, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of time. And going to networking events and having conversations with people, specifically people you don't know, is such a good way to practice that. Even if you're nervous and shy, the person you're meeting has no idea that you're nervous and shy. So what what is it you know that you want to say and how do you want to practice that and create that experience? That's really important. Absolutely. I almost feel like it's easier to talk to people you don't know just because you can start from anywhere and they would have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that's yeah. really good. That's really good guidance. I like that. Yeah. And then I guess one last question. Do you have any kind of resources that are available to promote advocacy and how younger generations can respectfully advocate for what they believe in? Hmm. I don't know that I have resources. I'll have to think about that, Olivia. I don't know that I have resources. Um, what I would say, though, is PRSSA in particular for young mm -hmm. communicators is a really great organization. And to me, that was one of the best resources I had. For one, it taught me how to advocate. It taught me how to, to say what I was doing. It taught me the importance of internships. But then after I graduated from school and I came to Chicago, again, my first time being in the city, I just moved out here. Uh, I met up with some individuals that I met at national conference from PRSA, PRSSA. And I was able to connect with that group. And the eight of us became really close friends. And we worked at all of the agencies in Chicago. We worked in incredible roles, having great experiences. We've, that group has now gone out and is working in, all over. Um, and to me, that was really beneficial. So PRSSA was a phenomenal resource to help me better understand myself, how to position myself, gave me experiences by being a member, being involved in the e-board, all those things that are important. Those are resources that are just gonna help you. So for me, I, I would lean into PRSSA. Um, I, also the Planck Center has really great resources for young professionals. Um, so take a look there. And that young professional includes students that are entering the workforce. And actually the last one I would say is, is uh, Ron Culp with DePaul University. His name is Ron Culp. He leads the graduate program. He was a former CCO at Sarah Lee at Sears Corporation. He used to run the Ketchum office in the Midwest and now runs the program at DePaul University, the master's program. He has a blog called Culprit, C-U-L-P-W-R-I-T. So Culp, play off of his last name and writing. Yeah. And he interviews students and young professionals and senior professionals, and it's all focused on advice for students or individuals who are looking to make the, the jump into the PR world, the professional world. And it has all kinds of great resources for young students and individuals who are looking to better understand resumes, cover letters, how to interview, all those kind of things. Uh, so that's another good one. So PRSSA, Planck Center for P for Leadership and PR, as well as uh, Culprit, which is a blog. Just Google Culprit and you'll find it. Awesome. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for your time and those resources. We will be checking those out, hopefully for our programming next year. And yeah, just thank you so much for this tour and your time. It really means a lot to us. Absolutely. My pleasure.